This is the Mental Health Revolution. Welcome to the Doorway to Self podcast with Rachel Leah Gerson. Hello and welcome back to the Doorway to Self podcast. I'm Rachel Leah Gerson, your host. Oh my goodness. Today... Today, 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 I am coming to you in fullness as a full channel, as always, but I'm feeling particularly aligned and want to give a quick shout out to Dr. Britt Finkbeiner of Dynamic Essence Chiropractic. She has no idea I'm doing this right now. I don't even know if she listens to this podcast, but um, I just got done, literally walked in the door Um, after an adjustment with her and I am feeling fully here. Um, So I'm just grateful for that and grateful to be able to um, interact with y'all from this space. I want to let you know I am currently recording this episode from my grandparents' house um, where I am house-sitting and dog-sitting for them at the moment as they are out of town. The reason I'm sharing that information is because you may hear a dog in the background. And so if that happens, um, well, I'm just going to keep rolling. So now that all of that is out of the way, I'm sure that you are very curious to know what I have to say about collective grief. And what I have to say about collective grief is um, very big, but very simple. What is collective grief? Well, first, I think it's important to define what is the collective unconscious, because that is where we feel collective grief from, uh, as well as collective anything, collective joy, collective guilt, collective shame, um, et cetera, et cetera, so on and so forth. And so collective grief would fall under that umbrella. The collective unconscious, as uh, I'm going to quote the Encyclopedia Britannica here, collective unconscious is a term introduced by psychiatrist Carl Jung to represent a form of the unconscious, that part of the mind containing memories and impulses of which the individual is not aware, common to mankind as a whole and originating in the inherited structure of the brain. It is distinct from the personal unconscious, which arises from the experience of the individual. According to Jung, the collective unconscious contains archetypes or universal primordial images and ideas. So basically, in a nutshell, the collective unconscious is this terminology for what we experience as individuals due to what is happening in the larger scale of our humankind, okay? So this has been further studied. I mean, Jung was around in the, in the early 1900s. Um, and since then, obviously, science has developed, research methodology, methodologies have developed, um, scientific modalities of study have developed, and we've been able to deconstruct the brain and the body and chemicals within the brain and body to be able to decipher new information that corroborates this idea of the existence of the collective uncon- unconscious as discovered through meditation 
and psychological research when Jung was around and, and conducting his own research. Um, what we have found are things that I have touched on in this podcast before, um, such as mirror neurons, which are neurons within the brain um, that basically pick up on signals across humanity and then uh, allow us to act out from certain spaces within ourselves that are um, reflecting what we are seeing or experiencing or feeling within other people around us. I have also talked about magnetite in the brain. Magnetite is a um, rock or, uh, yeah, I guess it would be a rock um, that has magnetic qualities that's actually found in our brains. It's found um, near the, what we would call the primal region of the brain, the very back uh, bottom part of the brain. Um, and basically, magnetite, because it has magnetic qualities, um, is responsible for keeping us magnetically connected as human beings, not only to the earth, right? Because rock, earth, gravity, magnetite, magnetic pull, etc., um, but to each other because we all have these magnetic properties within us and within our brains. So our brains are connected on a larger scale because of that. Um, and there are so many other scientific factors and research and et cetera, et cetera, so on and so forth that promotes this idea that we are indeed all connected in some way, shape, or form, all able to communicate energetically in some way, shape, or form, and we are all able to tap into this collective unconscious, this existence of this almost... Um, energetic pool of the macrocosm. Uh, now, I know what I just said may have sounded like verbal vomit to some of you, so let me break that down just really clearly and swiftly here. Um, if we think of ourselves as the micro microcosm, right, our individual beings, you as a person, you are a microcosm of the whole, microcosm being the word to describe a smaller piece. You are a fragment. You are a puzzle piece. I use the puzzle piece metaphor all the time. Um, you are a puzzle piece, a microcosm of the macro macrocosm, the macrocosm being akin to the full puzzle as it is complete, as it is put together. So you're a mere fragment, just as I am a mere fragment, and also you are reflective of the whole. You carry a piece of the whole within you as well, because you are a piece of the whole. Um, and because of that, you are able to experience things from the greater whole, as well as things from your personal individual experience. The reason I am putting this episode out right now is because there is so much up globally that's happening that would be responsible for affecting each and every single one of us on a microcosmic level due to the macrocosm, right? So every single one of us as individuals is experiencing collective grief right now whether we know it or not. That's why it's called the collective 
unconscious because most of the time we are not conscious of it affecting us. Um, at this point in time, if you are listening to this podcast at the moment of its release, we are about two weeks into um, Russia's invasion of the Ukraine. Um, and this is something that is being felt on a global scale, obviously. Um, the way that these two countries um, are effectively rippling out in their war zones um, to to stir up grief within the collective, but also, um, you know, it's 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 affecting other things too. It's affecting, um, you know, the access that we have to natural gas, the access that we have to petroleum, the access that we have to um, certain food sources, um, the access that we have to certain travel. Um, it's affecting um, immigration. It's affecting all of these other things um, that are that are happening due to this this direct cause of this invasion. Now, normally, I don't political and I want to assure you as we get into this I'm not about to get political I'm just stating the facts of what are of what's occurring right that is a fact Russia has invaded the Ukraine that is a fact it's affecting all of these other things that is a fact now in terms of the collective conscious we are all conscious of these things, right? We are conscious that there is a war. We are conscious that all of these things that I listed are being affected by the cause of the war. Um, what we are potentially unconscious of is the stirrings that then that causes. The stirrings on an emotional level that causes for our emotions to be on a rise... And therefore ripples out to the collective because if the entire collective is a little bit more emotionally on height, that's going to raise the emotionality of every single individual, which is then going to cycle and raise the emotionality of the collective as a whole. And then that is going to cycle and raise the emotionality of each individual and so on and so forth. So it continues to cycle over and over and over again. We and, and get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until we can de-escalate the collective. Now, I specifically said I was putting this out right now at this exact point in time for a reason. And yes, the the recent um, the recent happenings of this war are absolutely timely for this episode and also, this episode is occurring at a moment in time when numbers from the illness, whose name I shall not speak because I don't want to get flagged for whatever reason, uh, numbers have decreased tremendously. Like, they have majorly, majorly, majorly dropped globally. And there is a lot of hope because of that. Um, so we're also experiencing collective hope and there's kind of this weird like rippling out effect and this roller coaster thing that's happening. What's really interesting 
is when the collective goes through waves like this. It's bound to affect us on individual levels, obviously, as well as a collective level. What we are, what we are experiencing in many, many, many ways is almost like a uh, collective healing crisis. Now, I've talked about healing crises before, Um, But I'll just briefly explain here. A healing crisis is when we experience tremendous amounts of upgrades, right? Like maybe we come into um, some major downloads that are like wildly illuminating for us or we have this crazy clearing that happens or um, we begin to introduce foods into our bodies that are really, really healthy and high in frequency and whatever, or we experience some sort of healing modality like a sound bath or a chiropractic adjustment or something like that. And as our body is coming, and when I say the body, I'm speaking also to our energy, to our beings, to, you know, etc. As our body is coming into this higher frequency, this new alignment, this new uh, revelation, etc., sometimes we wig out and and the body is like experiences the direct opposite. It's almost like this purge that happens or this um, resistance from the body um, or this remembering even of, hey, cool, here's all of this healing that happened, which is amazing. Let's remember where you were before and feel how not great that was so that it can propel you even further into that place that you got to and even beyond that, right? So it's almost like a compare and contrast thing. So if we go back to the beginning of this pandemic, right, and we think about all of the anxiety and all of the fear and all of the pain and all of the stuff that was just being stirred up and we were constantly in this fight or flight and there was all of this trauma that was happening. I'm speaking collectively here. I'm not speaking to you. Maybe this was not your experience as an individual. Um, I know it certainly wasn't fully my experience, but Um, I'm speaking collectively here. Collectively, we were in this state of fear, of panic, of grief, of trauma, of um, scarcity, of um, anxiety, all of this stuff, right? Resistance, all of this stuff was coming up for us collectively. And then it started to kind of like numb out and it became this norm almost. And then the you-know-whats were introduced to kind of cure this thing. And um, that caused a lot of tension within the collective. There were people and are people who were totally for it and people who were totally against it and still are and still are and um, on both sides and it caused like all of this tension and so again there was this resurrection of the fear and the trauma and the resistance and the and the and the and the and the um and now that the numbers are starting to go down What's happening is that we are finally experiencing this moment in time where we're beginning to 
find peace again. We're beginning to breathe better again. And notice the metaphor in that because what's the symptomology of this thing I'm discussing? The one thing it attacks most is our breath. But we're be- we're beginning to come to this place where we can breathe again. And what is that doing? It's kind of wigging us out in this place of like, oh my gosh, wait, this is what it's like to breathe and how was I breathing before this thing started? And my breath feels different now because it's informed by all of these things that I underwent and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, so on and so forth. And so it's digging up all of these emotions, being in this place of peace, being in this place of steadiness, or at least moving towards that. It is bringing up all of these emotions for us as individuals, whether consciously or or unconsciously, that are then affecting the collective unconscious, where we are being asked to essentially finally visit the trauma that our collective has been undergoing for the last several years. And because of that, Many individuals are developing signs of other illnesses and potentially even dying. I have seen more death in the last couple of months come up in my news feed on social media or um, folks telling me they've lost loved ones or etc. And and if you have, my heart goes out to you. And it's not due to this this you know, thing that we've been talking about and experiencing and avoiding for the last couple of years, it's been due to other things. It's been due to cancer or uh, car accidents or just sudden strange fatality um, that's, that's just coming out of nowhere. And it's because our collective unconscious is finally releasing these things. As we release the tension within our collective, it is doing that energy cycling spiraling act where it's asking us as individuals to release things. And when we are in a state of healing crisis, right, where we're coming out of this space of trauma, we're shown that things can be peaceful and we start to wig out because we're like, wait, this isn't the norm. This isn't homeostasis, but also, holy cow, this is what homeostasis feels like. And am I allowed to have that? And et cetera, et cetera, so on and so forth. It causes this reaction in the body for there to be this tension. And oftentimes, if we are not working through our emotions about things, if we are not moving the body, if we are not clearing our energy, if we are not being super, super cognizant of our own individual processes, it can manifest as other illnesses. Now, I want to be really clear in saying that there's no control you have over this. Um, If you are somebody who was diagnosed with a fatal illness or has lost someone to a fatal illness recently um, or has had someone close to them diagnosed with such, um, it's not your fault and it's not their fault. There's nothing more that y'all could have done. It's not like, oh, you could have done more clearing or you should have gone to more therapy or, you know, whatever. I'm not saying it's your fault because it's not. It's just how these things manifest sometimes. And sometimes there isn't such a thing as being able to do more 
to heal it or to circumvent it or whatever. Sometimes it's just the journey and it's just the path and it's just the way that that your body or their body is is reacting and it's the only way that it knows how. And so I wanted to speak to that and also speak to the depression and anxiety and such that might be surfacing too. You might be finding yourself in a place where you're like, oh my gosh, why am I having all of this anxiety come up for zero reason whatsoever? Well, that could be due to so many things. Um, on a personal level, um, obviously, what's go- whatever's going on in your life, but also on a personal level, um, what's going on with with you know anxiety presenting as a as a facet of healing crisis in relation to everything kind of simmering down with this pandemic um you know it it literally might just be your being reacting in this way of like oh my gosh I don't know what it's like to not feel anxious and so it's causing this anxiety within you like you're anxious about not being anxious um which is a real thing. It's a real, real, real thing. I'm going to say it again because it's powerful and it's it's so real. There is such a thing about being anxious about not being anxious. That's a reality. I know that was helpful for some of you to hear. So there's that. And then also there is that collective unconscious piece, right? There are so many people right now who are experiencing that anxiety about not having anxiety that it is causing collective unconscious anxiety um, that we're then all, or not all, but a lot of us are also experiencing. So there's that. Um, And then there are these world events on top of it that are also adding to the anxiety and to the grief. And the grief coming up for not only all of the loss that we are experiencing currently, not only the loss that we have experienced over the last several years, and I'm not just talking loss of loved ones, I'm also talking loss of freedom in many ways, loss of sovereignty in some ways, loss of connections with friends or family, loss loss of the way that things used to be, loss of a norm in some way, shape, or form, um, loss of so, 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 so many things that we're needing to come to terms with. And it's almost like in taking this collective breath, we're also now being asked to integrate all of this new way of living, integrate our assimilation to these new times that we still don't know fully what they look like because they haven't fully formed, integrate some form of comprehension as we face our reality, as we kind of look back on the last couple of years. Oh, that was a dog groan, (laughs) y'all. I love it. As we look back on this last couple of years, uh, (laughs) is literally what just happened. Um, But as we look back on this last couple of years and we're like, oh my gosh, this actually happened. 
this was reality. This continues to be the formation of history. Like this is reality and allowing that to set in. That's a huge thing to wrap the brain around. And every single one of us, whether consciously or unconsciously, is doing that. And that's therefore becoming a part of the collective unconscious, which is then cycling into our everyday lives and informing our individual unconsciousnesses even more. Dog just shook, y'all. <laughs> he's like, he's like, Ugh, let me shake that off. <laughs> um, so... So there's there's all of that that I'd like to say. And then on top of it, all of this fear as well from this new event that's occurred with this war, right? And so there's all of this anxiety and this grief and this fear once again resurfacing in terms of like, oh my gosh, what is next? What is next? And I feel like that's what we've been saying it has a collective for the last two years um, is, okay, here we go. We entered a pandemic. Okay. All right. Let's wrap our brains around that. And then it was, you know, then it was the Black Lives Matter movement and everything with that literally globally. That was not just a U.S. issue. That was a global issue that came up and surfaced and was needing to be worked through. And then it was, you know, all of these things. It's just like one thing after the other that happened. And now it's like finally these cases are going down. And then this war comes out. And then all of these people in our lives are coming down with illnesses or dying or etc. Um, and so it's like, oh my gosh, what's next? What's next? And so in many ways, there's all of this collective grief coming up, not only for those we've lost, not only for the lives we've lost in ourselves, right? This old way of living or this old way of being or this old way of relating. Um, not only for all of that, but also for, um, also for our control. There's so much collective grief right now over a loss of control. We were under this feigned illusion before of being in control of our lives in some way, shape, or form. We are not in control of our lives. We've never been in control of our lives. We're in control of ourselves. We're in control of our reactions. We're in control of our narratives. We're in control of the way in which we walk through life. We're in control in, of the ways in which we treat other people. Those are all things we're in control of, but we are not in control of what we feel. We're in charge of how we feel it, but not what we feel. We're not in charge of what happens in the collective. We're not in charge of whatever massive event might come next. We're not in charge of any of those things. And so really, this has been a test in surrender. This has been a collective test and lesson learning of how do we surrender? 
How do we allow? How do we trust? How do we let go? In surrender, in learning surrender, we are learning to let go. And in learning to let go, there is going to be the test of release. And in the test of release, there is going to be grief. The more that we surrender, the more that we're going to be given opportunities to grieve. And grief can be a beautiful thing. I've stated this before and I'm going to state it again. Grief can be a beautiful thing because when we are grieving, as we are grieving, it means that we have strong emotions about whatever we are letting go of. It means that we love something or someone or some place or some idea or some trajectory in life so, so, so much that we feel pain when we think about losing it or when we feel the loss of it. And that's a moment to celebrate. That's a moment when we can integrate joy and love. I feel some of you angry on the other side of this right now. And I just want to acknowledge you. Because what I just said might have pissed you off. It might not be easy to hear. You're like, you're telling me to be celebrating my loss right now? I feel you. I'm not telling you your loss is a good thing. I'm not telling you that you should be joyous about this. What I am telling you is that it's appropriate to acknowledge how much you love or loved whatever you're losing or whatever you've lost or whomever. Feel that love. Allow yourself the space to feel that love and that gratitude. The gratitude to be able to love so deeply that you have to grieve whatever you've lost. And also, acknowledging that love, or wow, that was a Freudian slip, acknowledging that Energy flows with the path of least resistance, which means that as we let go, there is room for new to come in. We are in a collective purge right now, and we have been for years. We are in a collective purge. Every single one of us individually is letting go of more than we've ever let go of in our entire lives, likely. And as a collective, therefore, we are then affecting the pool of the collective unconscious. If enough individuals are grieving, it's going to affect that collective. It's going to affect that collective unconscious, which is therefore then going to affect us as individuals and add more to our surrender and grieving process. This is why 
as individuals, most of us have been surrendering and letting go of more than we ever have in our lives. Because as each of us, as a group of each of us, let's go, we are spurring on the energy of the letting go for the collective, which is then spurring on the energy of the letting go for each and every individual. And there again, we find that energy cycling. As you let go while a hundred million other people are letting go, it's going to bring that energy forth to let go deeper, to let go more, to let go on levels that perhaps you didn't even know existed or that you didn't know you were even capable of. And in that letting go, in that place of surrender, we are brought closer and closer and closer to realness, to truth, to embodiment, and to presence. And through all of that, to love. Deeper and deeper and deeper and truer and more real love. So, in processing collective grief, the best medicine for us as individuals is A, feeling that grief, allowing ourselves to feel it. B, acknowledging. I talk about this all the time. What's yours? What's not? Part of that collective grief is yours. You are the collective, right? You are the collective. The collective is you. And also you are an an individual facet of it with your own sovereignty. Yeah. So feel that grief. Know that grief. Recognize exactly how much of that grief is yours. Let it go. After you feel it, you don't have to hold on to it. That defeats the purpose. You don't have to feel pain for no reason, just like there's no reason to avoid pain. But you don't have to hold on to it. Okay? Feel the grief. Recognize how much of it is yours. Let it go. Whether it's yours or not. Let it go after you work through it. If, it's, if none of it's yours, you're like, okay, I can let this go. But if some of it's yours... Do whatever your work you need to do around that. And and I'm not saying like, oh, yeah, you're going to do the work and then you're never going to experience this, this grief again because you're going to let it go and that's that. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. You're, you're letting go of that layer of it because later on it's probably going to resurface and you're probably going to have more to let go of. And that's where I come into this saying of you are deepening. The more layers we work through the deeper into the onion we go. The further into the cake we cut. 
Okay. Recognize the grief. Feel the grief. How much of it is yours? How much of it is not? Feel it. Let it go. And then experience gratitude. Experience all of the love that you have, the immensity of love that you have for whatever or whomever it is that you're grieving. And by the way, an immense amount of what we are grieving right now as individuals within this collective are pieces of ourselves. We are grieving for pieces of ourselves that we've lost. We are grieving for pieces of ourselves, not only that we've lost over the last couple of years, but pieces of ourselves that we lost in childhood or in our teenage years or in our early 20s or whenever it was that we lost it because society told us we were not allowed to embody those things or society traumatized us in a way where we are no longer embodying those things because we don't feel safe to do it. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, in the last couple of years, we've given ourselves permission as we have sat with ourselves alone. And now as we're reintroducing that version of ourselves into the collective, and oh my gosh, we're being accepted. Or maybe we're not. And that's bringing that trauma right back up again and bringing more of that grief up. And oh my gosh, I have to grieve my childhood self who wasn't allowed to embody her truth because once again, or his truth or their truth, because once again, I'm coming forward into the collective as this version of myself. And even though so much of the collective is accepting me, there are still facets of it that don't. And it's bringing up that hurt and that pain and that trauma and that recognition of I was not allowed when I was a child or a teenager or whenever, I was not allowed. I was not allowed to fully be myself. And there's grief there. There's so much tremendous grief there. And it's grief not only for ourselves as individual, as individuals, but also for the collective. Because there's this moment in time where there comes this realization, whether consciously or unconsciously, that, oh my gosh, I was not allowed to be and fully embody myself. How many others were not allowed to? How many others did this affect on a psychological, emotional, uh, emotional physical, energetic, etc. level? How many others, how many others in our collective were fully stifled or even partially stifled from being themselves, from embodying their full selves? And so there comes this grief with that in recognizing that we're living in a society, that we're living in a collective that disallows people, period that disallows people, that disallows our humanity from full embodiment. And then it's like, oh my gosh, no wonder there's so much dissociation and depression and anxiety and all of these other disorders going on because literally we are in a society that tells us we can't be ourselves. So no wonder we don't want to be here fully present. We're, we don't feel like we're allowed to be. 
And there's grief that comes with that. So where can we find gratitude there? We can find gratitude perhaps in those little pockets of truth that show up. We can find gratitude for the fact that we as individuals have the power to take back our power. We can find gratitude for those moments when perhaps we do take back our power and we are healing the collective through that. Every single time you take back your power, you are healing not only yourself, but you are healing the collective. And in taking back your power, you are taking back the love that you are. And in taking back the love that you are, you can feel that love. You can embody that love. And the more deeply and expansively you feel that love, for yourself, the greater your love for others grows, and also the deeper the grief. When you recognize how much love you are, recognizing where that was lost brings up more grief. But then you can recognize that grief and recognize I'm feeling this much grief because there is so much love. And it goes and it spirals over and circles over and over and over again. <laughs> How do we work through this collective grief? We feel it. We acknowledge it. We see where it's ours and where it's not. We let it go. We feel the gratitude. We feel the gratitude because we feel the love. Where we feel the love, we allow for the love to expand even more. Where we feel that deeper grief, we allow for that grief to expand where it needs to because it's also reminding us of how much love we're experiencing and that allows love to expand i'm not saying to get stuck in a loop of grief i'm not saying to get stuck in those emotions of grief what i am saying is that you can experience that grief and it can be a tool that we can work with to deepen our love when we're feeling grief for what's going on in the, in the Ukraine or whatever world's disaster is occurring. When we are experiencing that grief for those people, we can recognize that we're experiencing that because we are grieving for the loss of love in our humanity. We're grieving because we feel that love. We acknowledge that love and we acknowledge that it's missing and that's what's bringing grief. And so then we can breathe into our feelings of love. We can breathe into our love and we can send it that way. Or we can just feel it and embody it. And by feeling and embodying it, it is anchoring it into this earth and into the collective. We don't even need to send it anywhere. People say all the time, people will email me or, or message me or whatever and be like, hey, you know, I'm, you know, I'm in need of healing or my family member is in need of healing or whatever. Could you please send love and light? Sometimes I'll say yes. Sometimes I won't respond physically. Sometimes, you know, whatever. Um, and I don't send it. I do not send. I never send anything. What I do is I embody it. I feel the love that I am in that moment and I anchor it into this earth. I anchor it into the collective and I know that through that it is rippling out 
to heal. And not that I am doing the healing, the collective is doing the healing, and that individual, whomever is needing it, is doing the healing. Yeah? Hope that makes sense. I know personally, I, you know, for me, war is really hard for me to personally connect to. And so I do feel the collective grief around that. But more so where I feel the collective grief is where this is affecting people financially. If you have not listened to the Energy of Money episode, I highly recommend going back and listening to that. Um, But for those of you who know my views on money, I view money as energy. And there have been so many times where I have had like close to zero dollars in my bank account, but the universe always has my back and there's always a way for those finances to come in my way if I am flowing with the energy, if I am flowing with the path of least resistance and allowing for money to come in through the form of basically energetically meeting me where I am at. That's the short of it. Um, But recently, every time I have seen these gas prices start to skyrocket because of this war or whatever else, I will start to feel so much anxiety. It doesn't matter how much is in my bank account right now. There's all of this scarcity that just overwhelms me. It's like I see these prices go up in the gas and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't afford that. Oh my gosh, I I don't know. And then I have to talk to myself and I'm like, oof, Rachel, (laughs) this isn't you. This is not you. You're not worried about this. So many people are worried about this. So many people are feeling this scarcity. Right now we are clearing out collective scarcity. And maybe you listening, maybe you're one of those people. Maybe you've also felt this anxiety about the gas prices going up. And I want to talk to you specifically to say, is that all you? A dollar is just an amount. A price is just a number. A price is just a number. Are you feeling the anxiety because you have been taught to feel the anxiety? Are you feeling the scarcity because you've been taught to feel the scarcity? The collective fear around that, around money in general right now, is very, 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 very real. And we have to consistently work as individuals, not only for ourselves, but for the collective, to rewrite this narrative. That in and of itself is helping to clear that feedback loop. It's helping to clear that from the collective unconscious. It's helping to purge that from our collective narrative. This is work on a much grander and more intricate and complex energetic scale than we're used to talking about. This is not beginner stuff. And yet, beginners can access it. But you have to do the work on yourself as well. This can't just be a spiritual bypassing moment of like, oh, I'm going to clear this from the collective. 
uh, but I don't have to work on my money issues at all, or I don't have to work on my um, fear of conflict at all, or I don't have to, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you're helping to purge, you also have to work on it internally. As you're working on it within yourself, it is also working on it for the collective. That's part of why we've seen so many people gravitate towards working on themselves in the last couple of years because nobody's been left a choice, really. It's like, you'd better work on yourself or suffer. And yes, there's going to be suffering in that work, but it's ultimately going to be much more worth it than staying stuck in your suffering and not going anywhere. This is why we've seen so many people working on themselves over the last couple of years because it's been in the collective. The more people who work on themselves, the more it activates... Yep, Mac is groaning once again. <laughs> the more people who work on themselves, the more it activates that within the collective unconscious. The more it's starting to make that cycle happen where it is spurring more and more people. It's activating the magnetite in the brain. We are magnetically connected to one another where it's like little light bulbs going off, little seeds that, that have been planted that are suddenly sprouting in everybody's brains going, oh, wait, I should work on myself. Even if it's completely subconscious. It's time. We are waking up. As a society, as a collective, if you are feeling collective grief, does it suck? Yeah, it does. It's painful. It's not great to go through. And also, it's a phenomenal sign because it means that our collective is cooperating. It means that we are being activated from our unconscious into our conscious. It means that we are being activated as a society, as a race, as a part of this earth, as a part of this human community. If you are feeling collective grief, congratulations. You're, you're learning surrender. You're healing. And you're helping our collective to heal. I know this was a much denser episode than what I normally put out, which is saying a lot because almost everything I put out is super energetically dense. So if you've stuck around for this whole thing, thank you so much. Thank you for sticking around, firstly. Secondly, thank you for doing the work on yourself. And thirdly, thank you for doing the work on the collective with the collective, for the collective, with the collective. Thank you for being the change that we have all been seeking. Be the change you wish to see in the world is a famous saying from Mahatma Gandhi. Be the change you wish to see in the world. Now, on a conscious level, as human beings, that makes sense because it's like, oh, if I'm the change, I as an individual am being an example. I am here to tell you it goes beyond being an example. As you, a microcosm of our whole collective, 
become the change you wish to see in the world, you are automatically, energetically rewriting the codes of our collective. That's much bigger than just being an example. Not that being an example is a small thing or an insignificant thing, because it is significant, right? Example, learning by example is huge, right? When you show up as an example, other people consciously see that and learn from that and change from that. And that's, that's a huge part of being the change, right? And also, there's so much more going on subconsciously that needs to be highlighted here. When you are embodying the change you wish to see in the world, you are rewriting our collective unconscious to help wake up the collective. That is really powerful. All right, my loves. I think that's it for this episode today. Like I said, I know it's really heavy. If this touched you, please, please, please write a review on iTunes. Write a five-star review. It's really helpful for helping this podcast to be listened to and shared and heard and felt and to continue to create these ripples in the collective. Yeah? Um, also please share with friends and family, share on social media. Um, and if you want to donate to support the podcast, you can do so via Venmo or Cash App to Doorway to Self. Uh, you can also do it at donorbox.org slash doorway to self. All donations are incredibly, incredibly helpful and I am so thankful for them. Um, to those of you who are regular donors every month, Thank you so much for your support. I can't tell you enough how much it helps. Um, and other than that, I just want to leave you with a huge amount of gratitude and with a thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for even just by listening to this. Thank you for being the change. I hope you have an absolutely wonderful rest of your day or your evening or your night. And I am sending you so, so much love. Thank you so much for tuning into the Doorway to Self podcast, for helping to spread psychic education, and for being a part of the mental health revolution. I hope you have received exactly what you needed today for your personal growth, understanding, and healing. For more information on upcoming workshops, retreats, and online events, please go to doorwaytoself.com. Thank you, and have a beautiful rest of your day. Okay, okay, but y'all know, 
I really want to advocate for you doing your own podcast too. So I guess if you still want to stick around, you can also hear how you can use Anchor to create your own podcast. You're still here? You're still listening? Oh my gosh, I love you.